Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Saturday Slam and Jam. Hosted by Andrew Schlicht with Alex Spears. How about we can just watch basketball? That's a man's jam! I like that idea. Live from Oklahoma. Click, click. With questions and participants from all around the world. Anthony Edwards! Put that on a poster! Whether you're flipping your flapjacks, tending to your yard, or just sipping your coffee, get ready, sit back, relax. It's the Saturday Slam and Jam. Back is, I missed this shot, I walk away, I'm still a chump. Here's Andrew. Welcome to the Saturday Slam and Jam. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. Alex, the NBA draft was last night, and it was a doozy of a draft. It I, was. It was so much fun. Uh, there's so many things to talk about, and we brought in a draft guru. It's my guy, Matt Penny. you got to follow him on Twitter, at Matt underscore Penny, P-E-N-N-I-E. And Matt... Give us just your your take on the draft itself. What are you, what were your feelings after the draft was finished? Uh, elation at about one in the morning, which I, I feel like you guys were too, and we were joking that all the articles that came out after. I'm sure you slept less than me, but uh, I loved it. The draft is is such this beautiful disaster, and you guys probably felt the same way. It was eerily quiet, like the day of the day before, to the point yeah. where you're texting scouts, you're texting media people, texting the agents, and people are like, yeah, no, I haven't really heard much it seemed teams were being more hush hush than ever yep. and by pick six i was screaming i i, I like didn't know what to expect <laughs> uh and I, and I also really like that all the mock drafts kind of become this consensus and then we throw them out the window and, and then you can just oh, yeah. have fun you can you can undo your seatbelt a little bit and just enjoy the ride yeah it was it was incredible i thought it was i thought it was so much fun starting with like the thunders picking josh giddy at six was just like oh like, all right, we're doing it. Like, everybody yeah. buckle up. <laughs> right. You, well, no. not even that. You had the, uh, the like, failed Buddy Heald trade, which may still not um, be failed, true. and the whole Russ thing in, like, those three hours before when it usually is, like, very quiet and you're kind of just waiting for the draft to come on. Mm-hmm. So it was, it, was, it was a crazy start. Really I, I didn't know what time to turn off my Twitter notifications because I, I don't know how you guys operate, but, like, I, I don't – I don't want to have a spoiler. Like I, I want to be the the moment where the commissioner says the name and, and you yell. So I, I turned off a few and there's an early notification like five hours before the draft. And I said, I, I can't believe we're, we're already doing this. Like <laughs> I know Cade's going one, but like now, like I'm trying to get a bite to eat before I sit on my couch for the next eight hours. Exactly. Well, I had a- I actually heard from an OKC fan who did that same thing, turned off his notifications, and then at pick 16, when they drafted Shangun, he was, like, so excited. <gasps> no. And then he later finds out that it was, like, never going to be the pick. That's not it. Yeah. Yeah. Just devastating. Yeah, that is the opposite of what you want. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Uh, Alex, walk us through what we're going to do today. We're going to do things a little bit differently, maybe, than other people will on podcasts. Yeah, we're going to give out some NBA Draft Awards, the inaugural edition. First time we've ever done the draft. And so uh, I've come up with eight or so categories. So I will uh, uh, present the categories and then we'll get Matt's opinion. We'll get Andrew's opinion. Maybe I'll give my opinion as well and try to give out some of these awards. So let's start positive with favorite fit awards. So this award goes to our favorite player team fit in the draft. Matt, who do you have for that? I could take the easy way out and say Cade Cunningham, but we'll talk about him plenty later. In terms of just fit, I did like Evan Mobley to the Cavs. Uh, I've been critical of big somewhat in the past, but just the defensive anchor that he would bring to that team after drafting Isaac Okoro a year ago, still having the backcourt of Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, I think he fits in in his development. You don't really know what's going to go on with the Jarrett Allen situation, but for his trajectory on both ends of the floor, I, I just like the way that he was able to slide there. And a normal draft year could be a, a number one pick. This was absolutely loaded from 
the top four. You can argue top five, and to have him at three, Cleveland has to be pretty happy. I'm really interested in that pairing with Jared Allen because if you were in their position, obviously they don't have to pay Jared Allen. And a lot of people say, you know, this can work, this can work. But they also it doesn't have to be that way if they don't want it to be. What would you do in that situation? Do you like that pairing going forward? Uh, I don't. I, I'm not a, a big fan of, of paying big men $20 million unless it's like franchise changing stuff. I mean, I don't think I would have let Jalen Suggs slide down as, as much as he did, especially if Colin Sexton is kind of in this trade window wing of whatever they're doing with him. But uh, I, again, I just understand Mobley for everything that he can be, and it gives you some flexibility with the Jaron Allen situation. Right. Andrew, what about you? Favorite fit award? Well, if you followed any of my draft analysis, it's uh, been all about Jalen Suggs. And Jalen Suggs to the Magic, I think, is great. The Magic are filled with like these like almost directionless projects that are all over their roster. And I think Suggs gives them a actual centerpiece that helps everything else make sense around them. So I think that Magic fans have to be elated that he fell to them. I'm kind of shocked that he fell all the way to five, but if you're the Magic, I think it's a great fit, and you have to be just so glad that he fell. Yeah, it feels like they have an identity right now, yes. even if it's just Jalen Suggs. Yes. Um, for my favorite fit, I went with Trey Murphy. Ah, because I, like it. I was I was thinking about it and you know the Pelicans made that trade to move back from 10 to 17 yeah. and last week we were talking about Trey Murphy with Sam Vecini and you know at that point he had got, already gotten all the way up to 16 on Sam's draft board and so even if they had stayed at 10 and taken Trey Murphy I don't think there would have been that much of an uproar in terms of them reaching for Trey Murphy so to move back get off of those contracts and still get a guy that addresses two of the major issues with that team last year, which were shooting and defense. I just thought it was a really nice fit. Now, I probably still would have preferred Moses Moody if they had stayed at mm -hmm. 10, but I like the idea of getting Trey Murphy at 17. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the ascension has been crazy, too, how he was at Rice and he transferred and talked about it yesterday. The Virginia staff had to convince him not to redshirt last season, and now he's getting picked in the middle of the first round. So he's continued to improve, I think, with some added strength, too. I love the shooting. I love the athleticism. Can score a little bit out of isolation. Uh, great fit, great pick, R right around where I slotted him to go to. So our next award is the strangest or most perplexing draft award. So it's, you know, we don't want to say that anyone had a bad draft. What do we know? But this, the, the who, which team had the draft that you're just still unsure about? You still don't, haven't formed your opinion on them yet. Let's start with Andrew on this one. I think I'd go with the Kings taking Davion Mitchell at nine. I I don't know where the playing time is for him there. Is Buddy on the team? Like I don't know. Uh, there's just a lot of there's a lot of strange things going on around the Kings. And then taking Davion, I don't know if you saw the ESPN broadcast. They had like the oldest players drafted in the lottery. Oh yeah. And it was like never a good graphic. It was really bad. Dark, it made you yeah. feel like this is very Kings. Like it just felt very <laughs> Kings, like the whole moment did. And so with like there was lots of talent still left on the board. If you want to take a guard and you want to develop them and you want to replace the Buddy Heald scoring, like James Booknight was there. Uh, Moses Moody was still on the board. I think he could have really helped them from the wing position. Uh, Shangun would be a fit there as well. So I just, I don't know. I was a little perplexed by the Davion Mitchell selection. I don't, it's not that I don't like Davion as a prospect. I just don't love the fit. That's how I was too. I, I love Davion. I, I was just surprised and, and he seemed surprised and it was kind of echoed on the internet and the broadcast. I just wonder if the Kings had watched a lot of Baylor basketball with Jared Butler and Macy Oteague yeah. and Mitchell and even Adam Flagler. And those guys all shot 40% from three and they can spread the ball a little bit. I don't know how it works with De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton's 40% shooter and Obviously, Darren Fox, the, the value of him is his speed and the way he, he changes kind of his pace and, and can push the tempo. Then you, you still have Buddy Heald, maybe. You have DeLon Wright, yeah. maybe. Uh, I love David Mitchell. Things an awesome defender. I, I don't buy the narrative he guards one through four. I don't know how we got there. I mean, yeah. at, at one point, we're talking he's too small to guard twos, but then he can guard one through four. So a little crazy. <laughs> I mean, there'll, there'll be some minutes there. I, I do think his jumper's better than what's being dismissed because he had this anomalous 40% from, from three season. 
he'll figure it out. I mean, also on the broadcast, Scott Drew said he won the Connect Four tournament in the bubble, and he doesn't lose anything. I, I love those little <laughs> tidbits that we get that yeah. don't matter, but I'm sure some draft file NBA personnel have that written down. Yeah. Uh, I'm just interested. To I, I love him in the teens. I love him with a, another team. Maybe it works. Maybe there's other guard stuff going on that we don't know about yet. And Matt, did you have another choice for most perplexing draft? I did, which which I think is going to be a little bit unpopular because these this team, this franchise, is getting a lot of positive publicity. I'm not trying to always be the the Debbie Downer here, but I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets. And Ooh, okay, okay. Let, let's get spicy. Yeah. I I, lo- I really like Jalen Green at number two. I, I had Suggs too, but I, I get the Jalen Green thing as superstar potential as a scorer can get his own buckets out of isolation. Great step back could be a high-level defender in time. Common thing with me, I just didn't understand taking two centers in Usman Garuba yeah. and Alperin Shangun as high as they did. The pairing just doesn't feel as easy as is kind of being out made to be. Uh, I buy the Garuba pick as a high-motor energy kind of switching big. For Sangoon, he's got the post-game offensively. The defense isn't there. It's almost like you wish you could combine the two prospects together for the right. super prospect, and, and that's yeah. what you want. We, we can't do that, unfortunately. <laughs> but I, I don't know how those guys play the same time to, to close games, and especially they re-signed Christian Wood recently too. So I, I don't know how, how it all works out. And then for kind of like the bonus ball, they draft Josh Christopher in the first round, who, who's yeah. close friends with Jalen Green, and they played together on the EYBL, and they're they're very close from California. Just for, for their own personal developments, I'd rather prefer them going into a locker room solo than you kind of have your your friend, your buddy there. So you you get the the veteran presence of becoming that franchise without necessarily that that safety net there. Not trying to be too cold hearted, but I just wanted each of them to kind of start their own journeys on their own. Hmm. I, I'm really interested in that take because it felt like last night you were either on the side of, oh my gosh, all these picks are good value on their own. Like if you just look at them in a vacuum and then there was, you know, some people sharing your opinion, which like, what is the fit here? Yeah. Like just in terms of how do you develop all these guys at the same time? How are they going to get enough minutes and get like for Josh Christopher, like how is he going to get the ball handling that he needs in, in Houston? Um, so I, I think that's really interesting, which actually leads into our next award, which is biggest jump in league pass rankings award. And I'm actually going to start us off because this might be a shocker, but I went with the Houston Rockets. All right. Yeah. Not because I necessarily even care about the fit, but I look <laughs> at what their roster was when they traded James Harden. And this was before they had even gotten Kevin Porter Jr. And it was just barren of young talent. And even after they got Kevin Porter Jr., to be perfectly honest, I wasn't tuning into a lot of Rockets games. Yeah. But now I look at their roster, and at least there's a reason to tune in. Like, mm-hmm. Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green backcourt is exciting. Like you said, I kind of want to see what they do with Garuba and Shingun. So for a team that was at the bottom of the barrel for me personally on League Pass, they have definitely shot up. They're not, they're not the highest or anything like that, but I definitely think they made a significant jump in just their watchability. What about, what about you, Matt? That's a good one. I, I Despite my negativity, I, I do agree with that with, with Kevin Porter, too. My pick, and it, this seems to be a, a trendy one, is the Charlotte Hornets. Just very fun and gun. It, it feels like those old Rams teams that were the greatest show on turf. And you have LaMelo oh, yeah. Ball as, as your quarterback, and his new wide receivers are, are James Booknight, Kai Jones, JT Thor, and, and even Scotty Lewis, who they, who they pick late. Just the guys that will play really fast and run. And I remember being mesmerized last year during the preseason watching League Pass because the season hadn't started yet. And it was like the third possession of his NBA career. And LaMelo Ball is taking the ball off the rim and, and throwing it like full court and hoping that somebody catches it. And it was one of the Martin twins or something like that. So now you just have pieces that kind of pair and fit better with his style of play. So at the very least, it's going to be a very exciting brand of basketball. I completely agree on that. And when you factor in Eric Collins getting to call like oh. Kai Jones alley oops, I mean it's just going to be amazing. Yeah. What about what about you, Andrew? Uh, I'll say the Pistons. Like the Pistons now have a a lead guy that you feel like you want to tune in for. Like before, I I love Hamadou Diallo just as much as everybody else. Like I think the guy is super fun. But you add Cade Cunningham to that team, 
I think he fits perfectly with them. Like he's the star that they've needed. He's the the wing or guard or whatever you think he is or whatever the Pistons think he is. Like I think he's going to be able to come in and lead that team to at least like competency. Like I believe that that will happen sooner than later. So I'll be watching a lot more Pistons. I don't know how much Pistons I even watched this past year. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know if a lot of people did, but it seemed like yeah. he embraced it early too. There, oh, there's all yeah. the smoke stuff of maybe he's not first, maybe he's a rocket. And he comes out, he puts the sunglasses on, he talks about the bad boys, he clearly did his homework, yeah. want, wants to be that kind of gritty, tough type of team that embodies the the city that he's playing in. So I thought that was a good start for him too. Yeah. And then they gave him a retired jersey. Like they gave him Chuck Daly's number right. two jersey. Like yeah. they're all in yeah. on Cade Cunningham. Don't I thought that was up. so cool. Um, okay, next award. Why are we letting them do this award? Now, this award goes to the good team that everyone freaked out about when they drafted a good prospect. Obviously, you know there are, there are many examples of this uh, over the years. The Golden State Warriors would probably be the best example with Jordan Bell. I feel like that was the one everyone freaked out about it when they drafted Jordan Bell. Future all-star. We just gave him away to the best team in the league. So who do you think is a good candidate for that this year? Let's start with Matt. I spun it a little differently based on the question and kind of like why are they letting him do this in a sort of other direction. It's a little unpopular, and I I started with Andrew because I don't want to ruffle too many feathers. I'm going with the Oklahoma City Thunder here with Josh Mm. Giddy at six. Felt ambitious to me. I I watch plenty of his stuff from this season. I like his size at six foot eight. I just worry about the shot. I worry about the separation speed, strength, his defense a little bit. Uh, obviously by the vision and the feel for the game. And as a positive, I'm on him playing with Shea and, and hopefully getting a little bit of space with Shea's 40% shooting from three. Just concerned about ball pressure and him picking up the ball. And he got away with a lot of stuff overseas with being able to pass over the top of guys, which I don't think will happen as much now in, in the NBA. And then the second part of it was Trey Mann at 18, the other pick I thought was high. I personally yeah. slotted him at about 31 pre-draft. And if you're going for a combo or a wing – I just prefer guys like Bones Highland or, or Cam Thomas or even Quentin Grimes. Uh, long said it, Sam Presti is the best at, at doing his homework and figuring it out, so obviously not writing it off. Just six was the first time I uh, I yelled. Scotty Barnes jumped leapfrogging Jalen Suggs. It, it was a little bit of rumblings. I had no indication, inkling, that Josh Giddy was going to go sixth. Yeah. Who, who, I'm interested, who would have been your pick if, if the draft played out the same way? Who would have been your pick at six? For OKC, oh man, at six. I mean, everyone had said it was it was book night, so I, I right, like my, yeah, my right. brain is just in, in, that it was James Book Night. Uh, I valued Franz Wagner more than a lot of mm-hmm. people. Uh, it it just depends on what if they were going to package picks or or pick on an island. Uh, I, I just probably would have went not a ball hitter play next to Shea, maybe another wing, maybe another big. I'm sympathetic to to Wagner for what he does, versatility, sense, and I think he can fit regardless of what your lineup is on either side of the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what about you? Oh, it Why had to be, did we it, let them do this? It had to be Moses Moody to the Warriors. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was gosh. like, <laughs> we're supposed <laughs> to be choosing between Kaminga and Moody at seven. Like, why do they get both? Don't it let them get both. Is, that a, po- let is that a positive both. or negative? Are you saying, like, they got both and you're mad at that? Yes, yes. I'm mad about it. <laughs> but I'm anti-Warriors. I'm anti-Warriors okay. over here. This is why. Like, but is it getting both of those guys, though, and, and just – doing the reading and reacting on the fly. Mm-hmm. I thought Golden State's more of a, a win-now type of yeah. situation with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. Everyone's getting older. It's life. Father mm-hmm. time is undefeated, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. All the mock drafts had kind of said, as a consensus, it's going to be Davion Mitchell and Chris Duarte. Older, don't care, win-now, pretend it's Duarte's second contract. He'll come in right away, play defense, hit some threes, eat minutes up for those guys in regular season. I was taken aback that they kind of went the inverse. They, they went with yeah. two younger guys who are 18 years old, 19 years old, who are going to take their lumps and need to develop while also still having James Wiseman that's going to need some developmental time. It, it didn't go in lockstep with what I kind of assumed that they would do based on where they're at as a franchise for win now in two or three years and figure out after. Yeah, my read on it is that those guys are still great assets today that they would like to upgrade their team via trade if they want to do that at some point. Like, taking 
Kaminga and Moses Moody, it's like driving a brand new car off the lot. And like you can still <laughs> right. get a lot for those cars. <laughs> that if thing, you though, take, when you go off the lot, they, they depreciate quickly. You, you bring it back, it's down a couple grand already. Right. You, but you take Davion Mitchell and Duarte, it's like taking like like a 2016 Tahoe off the lot. It's like you're still feeling pretty good <laughs> about good it. Car. But like you can't get as much for it. Like I just don't think you can get as much for those players. Now there was the weird trade. Alex, was this did it really happen that the Warriors were trying to get <sighs> Duarte from the Pacers was that a fever dream? I know. I I, I sent you that I text that. at like one a.m. <laughs> yeah, because there was. I don't even. Remember, I remember it was a blue checkmark account, but I yeah. do not remember the account. But it was just that the Warriors had reached out to the Pacers trying to get Chris Duarte and offered Moses Moody plus assets. But I never heard anything else about it ever again. Then I went to bed. Yeah, and I forgot it until you just brought it up again. Yeah, no, that it, that didn't feel real to me at it's all. It's one of those things. Turn off your cell phone too, and and we we've, we've discussed it here that in the second round you're just kind of loopy. And like I was yeah. on the couch, I, I had a bowl of cereal. It was like time for bed. Oh, what but, cereal are you eating on the couch? Uh, it, it was um, like off-brand Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It yes. was like store brand. I had like oh. half of that and half of Peanut Butter Checks. It was All bottom right. of the barrel. It was getting okay. toward the end. No, no, no. That's my, <laughs> my point being that there were some trades that were happening, and my phone wasn't on, and it was guys drafted kind of like the 20 and 30 range, and I had to like yeah. pop back up and pay attention because they're making draft picks during commercials, and you kind of drift or whatever, and you catch up. Okay, here's the last three picks. I, I it, like that could have happened, and I totally would have missed it because I was just in a, in a different yeah. orbit, space, place uh, mentally. Uh huh. Yeah. Once the Thunder traded up to thirty-two and took who they took, and then they weren't going to have a pick till fifty-five. I just like blacked out from thirty-two <laughs> to fifty-five, and I have no idea what happened in between. Yeah. You think Chris Fisher, the Thunder announcer, is going to say his name, Jeremiah Robinson Earl? Like he says, yeah. Shea Gilgis Alexander. <laughs> we just need we don't need more hyphens in OKC. That was that was a clear <laughs> hyphen <mistake>. free zone, <laughs> right? Uh, my candidate for why are we letting them do this actually goes to the Lakers undrafted free agents. How did they get Joel Ayayi and Austin Reeves? Mm. Sam Bassini had Austin Reeves mocked at thirty seven yeah. in his final mock draft. Mm and the Lakers just get them. And even more than that, it feels like those guys actually have a realistic shot to get yeah. playing time this season just <laughs> right. because I don't know who is mm-hmm. on the Lakers currently. But, yeah, I don't, seemed pretty I don't, good I don't either. And, and the second round is so tricky because you, you do your, your background stuff, you talk to agents, and a lot of those situations, and not those guys specifically, teams kind of have more of a stranglehold on what they can do. So it'll be kind of, we'll offer you a two-way deal. The money's not as good, not as many guarantees. And some players and agents just say, no, we're going to pass. We're going to go undrafted. So that's why the second round is even more of a crapshoot. But a total win for the Lakers, two guys that I had both kind of in like that 40-ish range. And to get them mm-hmm. technically 61 and 62, it's a it's a great start for a, a non-draft. Because I don't think they picked anybody, right? Like those were their picks. Yes. Because they traded, they traded the pick yeah. in the Russell Westbrook deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, our next award, and I'm actually going to start us off on this one, the Miffed and Peeved Award. This award goes to the fan base that is most miffed and peeved after the draft. And my nomination is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm. And that is my nomination because uh, as Thunder fans, we were tortured endlessly for the last week. We were being told that Oh, Presti accumulated all these picks. He's aggressively trying to trade up. We're also being told that our young star, SGA, is being offered everywhere. So for all of that talk, all that smoke to peter out into, in my opinion, it was like a fine draft, but it was nothing that exciting. I think Thunder fans were understandably disappointed. And just the idea that the promise of all those picks would allow Sam Presti to go get whoever he wants, I feel like this draft hammered home the idea that that's not necessarily true. And it takes two to tango. And going forward, maybe those, uh, you know, the, the 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 rude things people would say comparing Sam Presti to Danny Ainge, like you're collecting all oh, these picks and you're not going to be able to do anything that's with them. Rude. Well, I'm now, I, now we, I kind we, of... We won a championship right down there, right down the street. It wasn't rude. It paid off. That's Did true. it always pay true. off? That no, but we got one. We got one new one. Right, and that's that's what I'm holding on to. You know, I was I was cataloging their picks this sure, morning to sure. make myself feel better. <laughs> but but at the same time, like after last night's draft, especially trading out of 16, mm-hmm. even though I think it's good value, like in a vacuum, there were just guys I still liked on the board, and I just felt like it was a missed opportunity. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm a little miffed, a little peeved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what it. About- I mean, it's still 
you didn't have to they still have oh i'm looking at my notes a thousand picks the next three years like they could still make a move somewhere down the line and yeah, they're smart and shrewd, they're smart and shrewd enough where if if their offer is not good enough they'll walk and hopefully it's not one of these things with the celtics where we talk about all these deals that were so close they almost happened uh you're not at that chapter of the the draft pick shuffle as we've done the last few years but it could get yeah. there yeah, luckily we're not hearing that. Out yeah, of not yet. Thunder Terrible. camp, like, guys, we almost had Evan Mobley. Yeah. It was this close. We threw five picks out. It him was done. No. Durant was on Martha's Vineyard. He was getting right. signed. So close. He signed right. it. The ink disappeared. He's yeah, one championship elsewhere. That's that's it. Yeah. Oh, uh, Andrew, man. what about you? Who who do you think is the most miffed and peeved fan base the day after? I think Raptors fans are miffed and peeved today because of the the fit with Jalen Suggs was just perfect it felt seamless he feels like a raptors player like you watch him play against Zag, yeah, it's like that's totally. a raptor look at him yeah he's gritty he's a good passer he's gonna do everything we want him to do like this is great and then they take scotty barnes who our guy sam vicini calls a no level scorer uh, that's uh <laughs> yeah, that's not great it's kind of terrifying but he also i mean to scotty barnes credit like he also fits what the raptors want like big versatile he's got good length He's going to defend at a high level. He's going to play multiple positions. And this is like the Raptors' like ultimate bet on themselves and their development. Because if they can somehow get Scotty Barnes to shoot the ball at any level, I think that this is like a home run pick for them. If they don't, it's still probably a good pick, a solid pick. But I believe in like what Jalen Suggs can do. And I think that the Raptors fans also had talked themselves into it and then when you see the magic taking him, it's just like, come oh, on. Like, that's just pain, suffering. <laughs> it, it was it was a little strange for me, too, because I don't know how you guys feel, but to me, anyway, Scotty Barnes feels closer to kind of Pascal Siakam, who they already have. Yeah. And, and their shooting numbers are, are kind of similar. Yep. And when those guys are shooting 27 29% from three, you, you have enough floor spacing with OG and, and Van Vliet. We don't know the Lowry situation, and Trent had his, his moments last year. They played Ken Birch at the five last season. It just reminded me a, a little bit of the 2012 draft where Michael Kidd-Gilchrist goes second, and I get it from the intangible piece, and then Dame Willard goes sixth. And yeah. I'm not going to be this revisionist history that says I knew Dame Willard was going to be this good. I mean, I don't think anyone really did. Maybe the Blazers will tell you that. But I'd rather take that home run swing on that type of guy than uh, an interchangeable, great defender, one through five, uh, total character guy, great teammate and scotty barnes which are a great thing but I, I valued scotty more around that like seven to ten range than i would one through four yeah and with that overlap with siakam you do wonder if it signals a potential siakam move right down the road sooner than later um okay matt what about you do you have a do you have a candidate for the miffed and peeved award i have a miffed and peeved i i, I didn't really take to twitter to see how much they're miffed and peeved but i'm going to go with memphis with taking zaire williams at 10 yes and then yes. santi aldama ended the first there is rumblings in, in the week before the draft that zaire could be the guy at 10 it, it was just more to me if he doesn't go 10 where does he go like was he going 11 did the spurs have him at 12 i i just mm. didn't buy into the late draft hype as much as any. I didn't think the tape did him really any favors this season at Stanford. It seemed to be more down than up. Definitely had his moments. And those guys just me buying into the notion that the high school USA basketball Zaire Williams is the one you're investing in. And I really like Santi Aldama. I had him 43rd on my board. He destroyed the Patriot League and really did whatever he wanted. He was great uh, as an international player. I just didn't value as high if it's a draft and stash a different story i just probably would have gone for somebody who is a, a little bit higher of a swing like a jt thor even like an herb jones who can guard multi-positionally and, and fit in there a little bit more from the jump yeah for grizzlies fans that zaire pick almost feels like that's one where you just have to trust that front office because they've been so good at drafting these past yeah, couple totally. years that if they really identified zaire williams and gave up or took on what they took on mm -hmm. to move up those seven spots at some point, I guess, like, you just have to trust them. But, yeah, I, I kind of felt the same way. Like, is he really not going to be there at 17? Yeah, right. Like, who, mm -hmm. who else is taking him? Um, but, yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's why you don't do the deal before the draft. Is because maybe Zaire was their guy all along. But if he wasn't and he was, like, third on their list or whatever, whatever he was, 
like this is why you wait until the draft to like complete these trades because if you trade for 10 you're like okay great i think josh giddy's gonna yeah, be there right giddy's the guy him. we all we all wrote yeah. it in i mean that that pick traded and i laugh because when the pick was first traded the it was every name was tied to them there was five different names yeah. well they're doing it <laughs> right. for franz Wagner. they're doing it right. for Mo- moody it could be zara williams could be giddy it's like so we know nothing if Giddy yep. was really the target, that had to sting when he went off the board at six. Because yes. I, I, they also credit Oklahoma City last year with with Pokashevsky. It felt like everyone knew that, and everyone got that mm-hmm. right in the mock draft. I don't mm-hmm. know if this was the Sam Presti revenge tour from like The Departed with writing citizens on the envelope and see how it comes back. But they, <laughs> their stuff was tight, man. Like nobody knew that was yep. coming. Yep. Except uh, Lee Ellis. That's Lee true. Ellis, <laughs> he did. Somebody oh did know. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, so I watched funny. that video. I laughed like because people just kind of yell at. I'm like, all right, man, relax. We right. get some time. That's not happening. <laughs> I know we played it up today on the show. <laughs> so good. Uh, okay, next award, the so what are you going to do now award, and this award goes to the team who left draft night with the most questions. So the team that. Maybe we had a good idea what they were going to do when they went into draft night, but we came out with more questions than we had going in. Andrew, who do you have for this? I've got the Cavs, uh, mostly because of the Ricky Rubio deal. It's like, okay, what are we, what are we doing? Like, what's 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 the play here? Like, we got a lot of guards already. Okay, uh, I knew Evan Mobley was going to be the guy. Like everybody knew that. That was kind of an easy one. And I'm glad that they stayed, and I'm glad that they took him because I think that was just the right play. And then you figure out the rest of the roster. But the figuring out the rest of the roster piece is going to be very interesting with them because they have a lot of guys that play the same position, like lots of like good players, like worthwhile players to develop at the same position. So I think that there's just so much to figure out with them. And I feel bad for Kobe Altman because I feel like he doesn't have a long time to figure that out. I feel like he's got to make a lot of decisions this summer or throughout the season because there is some kind of like win mandate that's been placed on him and this team where if there wasn't, I think it would I think it'd be great to just develop like just the young guys and figure it out. But the Rubio trade is like, oh no, poor guy. Like he's gotta he's gotta bring in like vets to try to win. This is horrible. Well and Jerry Colangelo didn't help them at all today by coming out and just like blasting Kevin Love basically saying, like, we didn't even want to choose him for Team USA, but he he called us, so we decided to let him come, and then he was way out of shape, and then it just didn't work out. Like, oh boy. he just nuked whatever trade value we could possibly be left with Kevin Love, which yep. I thought was a little unfair. You called Cavs, us. We didn't call you. So why did you take him? <laughs> yeah. He took him. He was still on the roster, briefly. <laughs> uh, what about you, Matt? I'm going to pivot because we, we talked about Sacramento a little bit here. That was the one where I, I just don't know what you do now with all the guards. Similar situation, more in a positive sense with the Orlando Magic and the guard spot. You drafted the best guy on the board. Totally agree with it with Jalen Suggs. Mm-hmm. Despite drafting Cole Anthony last season, you have Markel Fultz coming off injury. You traded for RJ Hampton. So you, you have all these guys there that are, are kind of similar. You know, Maybe one's a little bit better of a shooter. Jalen Suggs is maybe better than the two put together, but how does that look like with the lamps they roll out? And I love Franz Wagner. I've been very clear about that and how he fits with Jonathan Isaac and the other uh, Wagner brother that's on the, on the lineup with the magic. So a, a lot of good pieces there, not necessarily, I think take them over the hump, but a good first step. I, I want to see how those minutes are divided between all those young guards that, that need reps and need development. And I thought Cole Anthony was better last year when he had the opportunity when Markel Fultz went down. So now Markel's back. You have Cole. You have the pick and, and Suggs. Where do you go from here? Yeah, and R.J. Hampton is fitting in there somewhere as well. Yeah, totally. Uh, I went with the Sixers because uh, – not because of what they did in the draft, which I, I like them taking Jaden Springer at 28. But what information we were getting in that those couple of hours before the draft, it felt like it was just these outlandish trade proposals for Ben Simmons that were getting rejected by teams. Right. And everyone, everyone was having a good laugh. It was very funny. Ah, look at Daryl Morey. But at the same time, I was thinking like, well, why, I mean, why not try to get some of these deals? Because he's probably just waiting to see what's going to happen with Brad Beal and Dame Lillard. But then we later learned that, you know, Russell Westbrook gets trades from the Wizards. And then a report comes out that Beal is perfectly happy in Washington, which is all he has ever said about Washington. And so that seems to be off the table 
right now. And then Sam Amick had come out and reported that Toronto, Washington, and Miami were the most likely destinations. Well, Toronto taking Scotty Barnes, in addition to already having like OG and Pascal Siakam, like that doesn't, that no longer seems like a good Ben Simmons fit. Don't think so. And then again, Washington with the Bradley Beal having no interest in leaving, which leaves you with Miami. And it's hard to see a package that Miami could send that would actually make the Sixers better this next year. So I'm just really fascinated to see what happens with the Ben Simmons trade going forward. I, I don't know who the other team is going to be. I assume it's going to happen at some point, but I have no idea who it's going to be at this point. The pick, the, the proposed picks and the trades too were borderline laughable too. I like, I don't, I, I'm with Ben Simmons inability to shoot and kind of toward the end of the playoffs, we you saw that, that I don't want to say liability, but it was harder for him offensively. And then the ask was just astronomical based on what the performance was. And we're getting into a, a more fluid offensive system within the NBA playoffs. And if you saw his struggles, I don't know if you give up this treasure chest of assets, whether it be picks or, or young guys to, to get him to make that fit. Yeah. And it's so hard to find someone who is going to go back to Philly and make them better in any of these proposed deals. It almost feels like it has to be a three teamer at this point, but we'll see. Uh, okay, this next award, the Dark Horse Rookie of the Year Award. Now, when I originally sent this to you guys, I said <laughs> the prospect outside of the top five or top three. Yes. But then I realized that would include Jalen Suggs, which would be way too easy. Oh, yes. so, so I have to cross out Suggs. Great. Yes, I, cross out Suggs. First. <laughs> so now, because uh, it has to be, a, I mean, it has to be a dark horse. It has to be someone you, you wouldn't expect. So I'm going to say outside the top five that has the best chance to win Rookie of the Year. And we'll give Matt some time. So, Andrew, why don't you start us off? Oh wow! Okay. Unless that you was... also chose Suggs, well, did well, you also choose? Well, Suggs? I, 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 also, I also have the. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a buddy send me today in the office, uh, jokingly preparing for this, the NBA Rookie of the Year odds via BetMGM, and it was like, ooh, perfect. Cade Cunningham was plus two seventy five, Jalen Green plus five hundred, Mobley plus six hundred, plus eight hundred for Suggs and Scotty Barnes, plus sixteen hundred for Davion Mitchell, plus eighteen hundred for Book Knight, plus two thousand for Kaminga plus 2,500 for Josh Giddy, and then plus 3,000, Jalen Johnson, Franz Wagner, Io DeSunmu, and Corey Kispert. So at least that's I, I, that, there's some dark horses there that's still kind of yeah, mainstreamish yeah, guys, yeah. but just some idea of what uh, the sports folks are thinking with this. Wow. Uh, I'll go with Alperin Shengun. I think he's going to have tons of opportunity. I think he's just going to put up numbers. And there's a, there's a chance that he, he comes in, starts for the Rockets, uh, I don't know what I don't know about the Christian Wood fit. I don't know. Like, I guess they can play together. I don't know. I don't love that. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, um, I don't either. I don't know who plays where. Yeah, but he can come in and put up numbers almost instantly. I don't know that he will, just because that team is full of guards that love to get buckets, and it feels like the the bigs won't have a chance. But it's it's really tough because I would yeah. I would also look at like Book Knight, but Book Knight's there's there's a lot of guys he has to be better than on that Hornets team for him yeah. to be able to get like a lot of playing time. Uh, same with Davion. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't feel like Jonathan Kaminga can, can do that on the Warriors team. I mean, it's a, it's kind of a really interesting question because I don't know who's going to pop, you know, out uh, like six through 20. I mean, maybe it, I mean, I know that Josh Giddy's going to get a lot of run with the thunder. Like he will probably start. He will probably play a ton. He will probably have a few triple doubles this year. I don't know if that's something that people will latch onto or not, but perhaps he's one of them just because maybe just because of the opportunity. Because it, you look da- you look down this list and it's like who's going to put up big numbers that's going to have an opportunity. Yeah. Like I feel like I almost get down to like Kispert and I'm like maybe it's Kispert. Like, I, maybe I Kispert can put up like 17 a game or something similar. like that. It, it's tough because Jalen Johnson ended up in Atlanta, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's like maybe that that's the guy that figures it out, but I don't know how many shots he's getting. I, I think he could right. have a, a lot of good stretches. I don't know if the, the numbers are going to be crazy. Wagner, he could be awesome and average eight points per game. Uh, right, exactly. Corey Kispert could be awesome and average 11. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There'll be a guy outside the the top five that, that doesn't and averages 17 a game or 15 a game. It always happens. Mm-hmm. There's not the one that jumps out. I, I guess I'm kind of rooting for Jonathan Kaminga to be it. I, I know based on the, the team, it, it's unlikely, but mm-hmm. he had this slide and, and people wrote him off. And 
I don't know about you guys. Like I, I watched every G League Ignite game. I didn't think it was as bad as people making out to be. I, I know there were really bad possessions defensively, and he checked out a little mm-hmm. bit. But I still buy the, the offensive tools and switchability to play a little bit of three, but four and small ball five and, and rebound and run. And I remember him in the grassroots circuit when he was totally healthy and, and how good he was. So he's going to have a chance. Even if he's not rookie of the year, right? he's, he's going to be fine. Don't, don't bury him yet. Yeah. Yeah, by draft night, I would I would have been pretty happy with getting Jonathan Kaminga on the Thunder, um, like over Scotty Barnes as well, who I had been more linked to OKC. But yeah, um, and I would go with Andrew. I think Josh Giddy's again the playing time. I think the Thunder have two guys that are taller than six eight, and so I think Josh Giddy's going to get <laughs> a ton of playing time because like, we're going to have play. to be playing like Darius Baisley at center or something. Uh, okay, so final award. This is the most important award. The best overall draft award. This award goes to the team that you thought had the best draft day overall. And let's start with Matt for his best overall draft award. Uh, this this is a this is an easy one for me. Probably a cop out saying be better, but I'm I'm gonna go with the Detroit Pistons. I, I know it's simple. I know Kate Cunningham is number one, but. For a guy that that's going to do so much for your team and so much for your franchise, and to add that cornerstone and immediately buys in, and additionally they they draft Isaiah Livers, who's a, a very good three point shooter, going to be able to space the floor with him. Sneak Bay shot I think thirty eight percent from three last year. Livers was a forty one percent shooter over four years at his time in Michigan. It, it's going to pair well. Uh, I wish I had like a, a hotter take for which team I liked, but it's hard for me to get by the Pistons. And Andrew, that leaves the door open. Who don't say the I know thunder. Who you're going to take? <laughs> no, <laughs> Trey Man is going to no. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> I throw at the rim. He's got to dunk it. <laughs> no, I think it's the magic. Yeah, I love, love yeah. magic. Too. I knew you. Would just yeah, say. it's a good yeah, one. Yeah, I think I think getting Suggs at five is outrageous value, and I think Bogner's going to help them. You know, I think he's going to come in and play defense. I just love that they have a direction. And sometimes the draft picks a direction for you to a degree. And I think that's kind of what happened for the Magic. And I think that it is the best luck that they have had probably since they got Dwight Howard, number one. I thought you were going to go Shaq. I was like, that's, that's a ways since, away. And way in 1992. there was any chance that they prepared for this, that they had Suggs kind of slipping to them? I, I mean I I don't know if if they're like if if they're like me at all I would have just been like preparing myself for that not to happen the whole time just like guarding my heart like please like I can't even don't, talk don't I can't even it. talk I, about it like yeah. I don't don't even mention that it's a possibility oh. until I see it as a possibility kind of thing and we heard with the Raptors too for the week leading up that the the pick was being shocked it was in play uh, yep. so if you're Orlando sitting there at five it's like great they're gonna either draft Suggs or trade it for somebody who values Suggs. There's some smoke about the Warriors trying to move up and get him. And then there was some smoke about his workout not being great there. Uh, the home run, I, I tweeted as it happened, to get him and Suggs. I mean, that's probably the real answer, but I'm I'm voting with my heart, not my head, for Cade Cunningham mm-hmm. in Detroit. And I'm going to go against something we were talking about earlier, but I really like Golden State, what they did. Oh, because yeah. – I think they went BPA in both cases, and I totally get the questions about not doing enough for the present, but if that deal wasn't there, I mean, if they couldn't do a deal with Siakam or for Beal, I would much prefer this to reaching on guys that you think are going to be more ready to play solely based on their birth date. Like, right. if you're just <laughs> sure. like just taking Davion and Chris Duarte, which they wouldn't have been able to do in that scenario, like... I would just much rather take Moody and Kaminga, who, like Andrew mentioned earlier, I think are going to hold on to their value, at least until they start playing, because, I I mean, that's kind of what happened with James Wiseman, but at least until the start (laughs) of the season. Sure. Yeah, like if they want to make a deal, if that Siakam deal is still there, I think they drafted guys who are going to have value in trade discussions. So in general, I like what they decided to do, given the circumstances. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Very fair. If it's an asset draft, that, that's an easy one. You're not, you're not drafting for, uh, for age, not the elder statesman. Right. Mm-hmm. I almost had the Rockets as my pick, too. Ooh. And solely based on the fact that Jalen Green looked the coolest on draft night out of everybody there. So I would have. Yeah. He really looks like a star. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he had it. Man, I felt old. I, I saw that, that rundown of, of suits, and it, it brought me back to 
now looking back at like that 2003 class with LeBron and, and how crazy the suits were. And I saw last night, I said, I am so washed because if this is fashion, like I'm not anywhere close to this, like the double breasted suits, Scotty Barnes, floral design. The I'm like, I, this is over my head, man. Maybe I'm just, yeah. I'm out of this. I'm out of this loop. All right, Andrew, it's now time to celebrate some birthdays. Blow out the candles, get your cake and eat it too. It's the birthday bash. It's your birthday. Somebody in here, it's your birthday. It's your birthday. Somebody in here, it's your birthday. It's your birthday. Everybody move like it's your birthday. The draft is over and birthdays are back. All right, I'm going to ask you uh, two guys. Both had birthdays this week. Okay. One of them's older, one of them's younger. You're going to tell me uh, which is which. So the first one, okay. Kyle Kuzma, Furkin, Korkmaz. Ooh. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is That older. is correct. Kyle turned 26 this week, and Furkan turned 24. Next, some past Blazers. Gerald Wallace, Brandon Roy. Oh. Uh, I'll say Brandon Roy is older. He is not. Brandon Roy is 37 oh. this week, and Crash is 39. What about wow. new New Orleans Pelicans coach Willie Green... And Manu Ginobili. Oh, man. That was a weird one. Um, oh. I guess I'll say Manu. He is what? He is okay. older. He turned 44 this week. Willie Green turning 40. What about two of the greatest point guards in the history of the game? Gary Payton, Scott Brooks. Oh. Um, huh. Uh, Scott Brooks is older. Scott turned 56 this week, and Gary Payton turning 53. Last question. Which of these following four guys is not 23 years old this week? Okay? They're all 23 except one. DeAndre Ayton, Hamadou Diallo, Mm -hmm. Thomas Bryant, Frank Nilakina. Frank Nilakina is not... Uh. It was Thomas Bryant. Can you believe that Frank Nilakina's only 23? That is unbelievable. Kind of want to start doing fake trades with him again. I feel like we've been <laughs> we've been it doing back. it for like four years. <laughs> oh man! Uh, when we come back, we are going to do some trivia with Mr. Matt Penny. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. It's time for Andrew versus the Beat, where each week Andrew goes head-to-head against a beat writer, although we are continually expanding the definition of beat writer because we haven't actually had a beat writer on in many, many weeks. But this week, Andrew will be going head-to-head against Matt Penny. And uh, the theme this week is draft day trades. So these are all going to be trivia questions about draft day trades. And uh, Matt, how this works, there are eight trivia questions. You will start by choosing a number between one and eight. That will correspond to a question. It may be easy. It may be hard. If you get it right, you get two points. If you get it wrong, Andrew will have a chance to steal for one. Then he'll choose a question. We'll go back and forth until we're done. So, Matt, start us off with a number between one and eight. I'm going to go seven. This is such a trap. I'm so bad at this. I'm going to go 0 for 8. I'm going to get roasted on draft Twitter. Like This idiot's doing TV stuff, kind of doesn't remember the Clippers trade from 1996. But, yeah, we'll start We'll start. Well, if it seven. makes you feel any better, I forgot to bring it up, but uh, when we started Andrew versus the Beat, Andrew started off 0-11-1. 
and he hasn't okay well uh, i'm I'm gonna let you know now this is not my uh this is not my lane this is not my wheelhouse i'm I'm setting the bar really low at at one and a half uh the bad news is he's won nine weeks in a row okay here we go (laughs) question number seven Aaron Holiday was traded to the Wizards last night, meaning that now every Holiday brother has been traded at least once. Speaking of Holiday brothers, did you know that Justin Holiday has played for six other NBA teams in addition to the Indiana Pacers? We're going to try to name them all. So how this works, oh, Matt, you're going to give me gosh, you're going to give yeah. me one team I name. Get zero. I'm you're out. Gonna, you just have to give me one team name, and then we're going to go to Andrew. We're going to go back and forth. This is bad. I, I'm not a. I'm a draft guy. I'm not an NBA guy. I'm gonna get zero. That's okay. I'm you. For this question, I would say you got a one. Actually, you got a six and thirty chance. Well, it's not the Celtics. <laughs> I'll tell you. Okay, so you've now narrowed it down. You know, it's not the Pacers. It's not the Celtics. Oh God, I'm gonna get killed for this. Pistons. Pistons. That is it. That is an NBA team. Unfortunately, it's incorrect. <laughs> That's not part of them. Okay, over one. But Next. Andrew, you could get one point if you can just tell me one other team that Aaron Holiday has been on. Yeah, I'm an idiot. That Aaron Holiday. Oh, Aaron been Holiday. Been Sorry, Justin Holiday. Justin. <laughs> okay, no, I, so that, I just I just panicked here. Yeah. for a second. <laughs> I was like, too. I know Justin. Uh, yeah. He played for Memphis. He, played for uh, he Memphis. did play for Memphis. Can you believe he played for yes. that many teams? Oh, Philly, Golden State, Atlanta, Chicago, Philly, and idiot. the Knicks. Kind of surprising. Yeah. Oh, All right, that's know. one point for Andrew. Andrew, it is your turn. Choosing a number between oh, one. God, and this is so and bad. Eight. Number one. <laughs> number one. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't find my questions. Here they are. Okay. I wish I prepped in, this. Uh, in 2004, Andrew, the Phoenix Suns traded away the seventh pick in the 2004 draft. What did they get back? They got cash. They got a second round yeah. pick, and they got a future first, which actually became a late first. Who was taken at the seventh pick in the 2004 draft? This is Luol Deng. That is Luol Deng for two points. Jesus, man. All right. God. Matt, it is your turn. <laughs> Where's the escape button on here? Is that like a... <laughs> Let's just go right. to... Just here for Question the roasting. Question number two. God damn. Oh, well, dang. How'd you pull that off? Blair Academy. Do I get a point for that? Okay. Now, <laughs> yes. this one... Play for Joe Mantanga. How's that? Good. Duke. This one, yeah, you have a decent chance of getting at least one point. Uh, there were okay. two teams that made three draft day trades on Thursday. This oh, year's no draft. Shot. Who uh, were those Thursday. teams? You get one yep. point per correct answer. So there were two teams that made three trades during the 2021 NBA draft. Memphis. Uh, that is incorrect. Just one. Because the uh, Zaire Williams trade was pre-draft day. Oh, okay. All Andrew, right. any guesses? Two teams. The Knicks? The Knicks are one. Do you know the other one? Um, is it the Hornets? It's not the Hornets. Any other guesses? Was it the... Wizards? Not the Wizards either. Although I do think they made two. Rock- is they the made some late. I'm trying to think those late, Rockets? like those late kind of late first, early second round ones. Clippers. Yes, it is the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, it's Clippers. Interesting, huh? Those are the swaps you forget, man. Those are the ones that uh, that's the ones you're fading on, where it's like, oh yeah, that was a trade. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, Andrew, number eight. Number eight. Okay, the Jazz. Acquired Darren Williams in the draft day trade in 2005 when they sent the sixth and 27th pick to Portland for the number three pick. Who did Portland take with the sixth pick? Martel Webster. Wow, Andrew. You are a savant. Don't ask me 26. I don't know the answer. Andrew, that was pretty good. I don't know. I don't know 26. Did you guys just search the internet? It's like, let's see a guy (laughs) that like thinks he knows a little bit, and we're gonna put him through the ringer right here. I'm on the dunk tank, and you're not throwing a ball. You're just, like, hitting the button. Like, yeah, go ahead, idiot. Do that again. There's another one. Martel Webster, the thing. All right. Uh, Matt, it is your turn. Still have a shot. Oh, five. This is good. We're, we're having you fun still have here. Still a shot. Still have a shot. Landry Shamet. Shamet. Landry Shamet. Okay. He was traded, uh, traded once again last night in a deal that sent him to the Phoenix Suns for the 29th pick and Javon Carter. Oh, that's Shamet. I'm going idiot. to name yeah. five NBA players, Okay. All of them have mm-hmm. been in a trade involving Landry Shamet at one time or another, except for one. And I want you to name the imposter, okay? Ooh. So five names, four of these guys have one in five been right, in a trade loose. with Landry Shamet. Third time to Landry Field. Here we go. Boban Marjanovic, Mike Muscala, okay. Rodney Magruder, J.J. Redick, or Sadiq Bey? Mm, Sadiq. 
Sadiq Bey is incorrect. Wrong. <laughs> Andrew, what is your guess? Do you need me to repeat the names? No, he doesn't. He knows. <laughs> is it Magruder? It no, Magruder. it's not Magruder. Oh, Come on. Yes. Both he wrong. was in the uh, Tobias Harris trade, I think. It was JJ yeah. Redick. Oh, okay. Threw him in there. Oh, see, I just assumed with okay. the Philly I know. Thing. I thought that one was yeah. tricky because he was on the Clippers as well. A fun, a fun Landry spinoff story is that he actually got injured uh, when we were running an All American camp because he like nicked his knee on a chair. We're like, this is gonna be on the bottom line in a few hours. Oh, no. <laughs> like, doing a one on zero workout. It's like you idiots running this event. <laughs> like here's the consensus preseason All American. He gets hurt working out. Good. Okay, Andrew, it is your turn. Four. Question number four. In 2009, oh, my favorite trade of all time, Minnesota sent Mike Miller and Randy Foy to the Wizards in exchange for the fifth pick, where they took yep. Ricky Rubio. The Wizards also sent three other players to Minnesota in that deal. Name one of them. I really don't know. That stumps me. I know the other way, but that, that one stumps me. <laughs> Matt, would you like to throw out a random NBA player? No shot. <laughs> yeah, you have a one in 3,000 shot. I'm, I, got no, I, I got nothing. I think this is the trivia level where you do it on like the internet. And it's like, I think this is on hard. Do we have like rookie like trivia here? Do we got our feet wet? No, I got Well, I, I thought Andrew might know this one just because I know he had at least one of these guys on his fantasy team. Of course, I'm talking about Darius Sangalia, Andrew. How could you oh, not remember wow. him? Or, some, some or past yeah. Thunder star Eton Thomas. Oh, or Alexei Pekarov, which I didn't expect you to get that one. Okay. Yeah. So we have two well. questions left. Here we go. Let's three it. Okay. Let's three it. All right. This is this is you can get some points on this one. Listen to this. Who went first last night? <laughs> <laughs> there were six NBA Hall of Famers who were traded on their draft night. So they were selected and traded. Can you name them? How this is going to work, I'm going to give you one point per correct answer with a max of three points. So these are NBA Hall of Famers who were traded on their draft night. Chris Weber in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So that does count. and that it. Oh, on the yes, board. He's Big going one. in next year. Right. So you are on the board. Chris Weber traded okay. to Orlando via Golden State. Yes. Penny Hardaway. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's a good one. Um Draft night, draft night, draft night. I'm stumped here. Is there? Just give me this. Just give me a, a, a peek. Is there a Celtic on the list? There is. Is it Kevin McHale? No, but that's very interesting that you say that because the trade was made the day before the draft. See, okay, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. You were that's very a half close. Point. Put one point you know five. You're one right. That's, that's a point five. Yeah. So Matt is currently at one point. If I got that one wrong, I don't know if I'd be able to go outside. Uh, yeah, I, 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 did, I had one. some debates internally about whether to include Kevin McHale, but since it technically wasn't draft day, okay, Andrew, for you, uh, if you name three of them, I'll give you a point. Has Dirk been inducted yet? Uh, yes. Dirk traded to Dallas via Milwaukee. Good one. Yes. Uh, can you name two more? That wasn't even. Um, oh, that was one of the ones. Oh, I, I think I. I, mm, I don't know if this one counts. I have one. Hmm. Any any other guesses? Mm, I don't know that I have any others. I can't. Think well, of is it else. the pick or is it the guy? Uh, it's the guy. I mean, it's both because I mean they, they so it had to happen on the same day. Who who are you gonna say? Yeah, yeah, Kobe absolutely. Somehow, with Kobe's the on the list. Oh, all right, yeah. good. I would have been for that. My friends would have. Ray Allen me. traded to Milwaukee, yes. Minnesota. Yeah. Scotty Pippen, tractor trailer, traded to Chicago, and then yeah. the the Celtic the, that is on the list, Bill Russell, drafted by St. Louis Hawks yeah. and traded to Boston. I think that was when there was like eight teams. <laughs> so it's like he went seventh and then got traded for a two or something. Okay, Andrew, you... Miss, missing on Kobe would have been bad for, for all of us. Yeah, all of our brands. Awesome. Okay, uh, final question, Andrew. You get first dibs and it's kind of a, okay. a callback to the question we just had. In 1993, Penny Hardo is traded to the Magic along with three future firsts in exchange for Chris Webber. A year later, one of those future firsts, now in possession of the Wizards, was traded to the Golden State Warriors in exchange for Chris Webber. Then, that same future first was traded <laughs> by the Golden State Warriors in a draft day trade and went on to become a future Hall of Famer. Who was the player? 
Oh my god. That, that is a choose your own adventure novel. I don't know where we just ended up. I mean the the main thing to know is that the Golden State Warriors made a draft day trade where they sent off a first to another team and the person that was drafted became a future Hall of Famer. Wow. I have no idea. No I have you, no You you want to throw out a name, throw out a Hall of Famer. Uh Dude, I don't know. That is so oh, good. Oh, 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 here. here. So it'd be, sorry, 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 sorry. Make this clear. When I say future Hall of Famer, I mean he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, twist. twist. Okay. okay. Twist. Does that make it easier? Future Hall of Famer. No. Not for me. 94% chance Andrew, to make the Hall of Fame according Andrew's, Andrew's trying. to basketballreference.com. Dude, I just don't have any clue. Matt, would you like to throw out anyone? Uh, I, I'm ending on a winner. I'm ending with Mamba mentality and Kobe Bryant, so I do not have an answer. Final here. answer was Air Sanity. Vinsanity. Air, Air Canada. Air I never would have got that. That was way too roundabout. Uh, yeah, I combined yeah. Air Canada and Vinsanity. Um, yeah, it was Vince Carter, who was actually one of those picks in, in that Penny Hardaway trade with Chris Weber a long, long time ago. Wow. Well, Andrew, uh, you are now 10, 11, and 1. You are now within one oh. week. Of 500. You have won 10 weeks in a row. This isn't ideal for me, Matt, because I've been, you know, the whole idea of this bit was that Andrew would lose every week and it'd be funny. I don't think so, man. He's, he's good. He's good. You can just make fun of the guests. That's, that's the best part. You, you, you pull them in. Hey, you want to talk trap for a half hour? This sounds awesome, man. It's like we're recording it for the internet. All right, and here we go. The switcheroo. Here's some contests, and you're gonna look like an idiot. Yep. You in? Yes. On video. I'm yeah. here. I'm here well, to be heard. I, uh, I got to experience this last week because I was on a uh, a pod with the sports rabbi, Holy Land Hoops, and at the end of it, he sprung a bunch of Israeli-based NBA trivia questions on me, and I've I've never <laughs> felt dumber than than that, uh, those five minutes. Then I do right this moment. <laughs> That was so great. Matt, thanks so much for coming on the show. Again, you've got to follow Matt Penny on Twitter at Matt underscore Penny, P-E-N-N-I-E. Also listen to him on the Game Theory podcast with Sam Bassini. It is by far the best draft content on podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it. It is the best. So go listen to that. Matt, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me. Sam does a great job. We have a great time over Game Theory. Come check us out. Check me out on Twitter. This is awesome, guys. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a long time coming, but the playoffs are over, the draft is over, which means it's time to return to the Wheel of Fandom. As a reminder, if you are a new listener, I have a wheel. It's a digital wheel. It has all 30 NBA teams on it. I spin it. It lands on a team. For the next week, me and Andrew become fans of that team. We read the blogs. We go on the subreddit. We follow some people on Twitter. And then next week, we'll have a beat writer on for that team, play some team-specific trivia, see what that team is doing. Now, we've been through about half the league, and I will tell you, I did make some executive decisions. I removed the Hawks because we just talked. We just talked about the Hawks a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. 
I removed the Suns because we just talked. We just we just talked about them. What, what else do you want to talk oh, about? And I also sense. removed the Nuggets just because they didn't do anything in the draft. And it's like, come on, I'll, I'll put them. <laughs> I'll put them back on when the season starts. Okay, so we still have 13 teams left. Just to give you an example. Okay. Portland, Toronto, Memphis, Lakers, Rockets, Cavs, Magic, Spurs, Pacers, Knicks, Hornets, and Bulls. It's going to be one of those teams. So here we go. Are you ready, Andrew? Spinning the wheel of fandom for the first time in a while. Who's going to be our first team back? It will be the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's a great one. Yeah. That's a great one. That is a great one. They just had a big draft. Questions about Colin Sexton. Questions about Jared Allen. All those questions. Ricky, Ricky Rubio. Rubio. Ricky Rubio. What are we doing, Ricky wow, Rubio? So much to talk about the Cavs. Oh, I cannot wait to talk about the Cavs. We have a great beat writer and Kelsey Russo to discuss the Cleveland Cavaliers next week. So get ready for that. Uh, before we go, I have a Apple Podcasts review to read. It comes from the United States, and it's from Hops Fan One Two Three Four. It says, "Love the Slam and Jam. Uh, love this podcast, especially the Saturday Slam and Jam with Andrew and Alex. Keeping my fingers crossed that they one day have Hashim the Beat on for their Andrew versus the Beat section. In the meantime, good luck, Andrew versus those smart beat writers. Thanks so much for." that apple podcast review if you leave us a review we will read it on the podcast so please be sure to do that hope you guys have a great great weekend get ready for free agency it's right around the corner and we'll talk to you guys again next week looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.